You're listening to 101.9 Hi FM, I'm Benji Shulman and this is the new Blue Review and boy is it cold this morning. Uh, winter has arrived, never mind is it coming, it, it, it is here, it's misty, it's a bit cloudy, it's just cold, it's just not uh, not ideal but it's fine, you know, you can have soup and blankets and all these sorts of things so, so that's also uh, that's also good and you also, we've also got a toasty warm show for you uh, coming up in the next hour so uh, stay tuned to your radio if you're at work pull that that space heater a little bit closer if you're still at home go under the blanket hug the dog whatever it takes uh, but make sure that you stay by the radio for the next hour because we've got a bunch of interesting questions we're going to be looking at what's going on in california looks like an anti-semite is running a holocaust denier in california state uh, elections and seems to be doing rather well which is a bit disturbing so we're going to uh, talk about that. Also, going to be talking about an interesting Jewish Muslim dialogue project, uh, which is going on with the Shalom Hartman Institute. That's pretty cool. We're going to be seeing what you can do uh, to become more informed about the Israeli Palestinian conflict, especially at the moment with what's going on in the Gaza border and, and all these kind of things. South African Friends of Israel bringing out some interesting people. So, we're going to be checking uh, in with that. Uh, so, so, those are all. All on, um, all on the agenda, so to speak, for for this show today. Uh, but on top of that, uh, I also wonder if you were at the opening of the very interesting Yella Yebo exhibition uh, last week. Pictures uh, two Instagrammers from South Africa and two from Israel uh, kind of swapped places for a week and took pictures uh, of of um, of their respective countries uh, and respective other countries. And and the exhibition was actually held uh, last week, Thursday, the opening of it, and the ambassador spoke and, and all sorts of things. So we've actually got one of the, you could call them the curators, uh, in in the studio. She's going to be talking to us about what does it mean to actually put up an exhibition? What was it all about? Uh, and, and can you still see it? So we're going to we're gonna do that. Uh, but we'll take a quick short break, a bit of music. Uh, and when we come back, we'll be talking about, uh, you know, uh, what does it mean to be an, in an exhibition? From talk to music, from Johannesburg to Israel, from sport to business, this is 101.9 High FM. Uh, as I said before the break, we're chatting to Lisa Peretz this morning. Uh, she is a curator for the Yala Yebo uh, exhibition at Photo ZA in Rosebank. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thanks for being us, with us on the new Blue Review. Thank you so much. Morning so, to everybody. Yeah, great to have you on the show. It was an awesome opening. Uh, d- did you enjoy it? Uh, was it? Was it fun? It was an amazing uh, opening and it was a great exhibition. It is a great exhibition. Um, a lot of work has gone into it. There are some incredible works by all the photographers. Uh, the, the, the images are, are just so almost open your eyes to a different side of South Africa, seeing it through the eyes of the Israeli photographers and seeing Israel through the eyes of South Africans, which is makes it quite special. Yeah, I mean, I thought looking at a lot of the pictures, you know, it was interesting that you know, a lot of the stuff – you sort of places you would have seen before, like a lot of, you know, the Quartel or yeah. uh, the markets or in Joburg, you know, the skyline. But but because these people are Instagrammers, uh, they, they've taken the pictures in a completely different way. Absolutely. It's uh, look, Instagram, it's a very different 
medium to to actually going out there with your big camera and taking uh, artistic shots. This is more of an instant capturing of that moment, putting it online, you know, getting the likes, and they had to they had to be quick and they had to they had to be look out there and find those images that would really depict each country. Yeah, so it's kind of more personal. I think that's really what Instagram is all about, right? Uh, you've, uh, you, you know, taking pictures of your breakfast or your coffee or Absolutely. your dog or whatever it is. Absolutely. And, and they were just applying this to a more sort of travel tourist kind of way of looking yeah. at things. Absolutely. It was, it, if you look at the, the photographs that were taken uh, in the South African context, it almost, you know, sometimes it takes a foreigner to make you appreciate where you live and mm-hmm. vice versa. I think we, we saw both countries. In, in different lights. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was amazed, for example, um, the number of uh, sort of animal pictures that you saw, but like not the typical ones. So in, in Jerusalem, there's, uh, I saw this picture in a church of a pigeon, yeah. uh, for example. And then there's, in Baldur's Beach, this penguin, but not oh, like was, a normal that penguin. That was my favorite. That, Every- that penguin and the, and the camel. <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant photographs. Love them. Yeah, the penguin, I, I, I love it. Just, I mean, listeners should know, it's not like your normal black and white penguin. I think it was one of the, like the little ones, right? It was no, gray it, really, one. it captured, it captured the heart of penguins, <laughs> so to speak. So, so yeah, okay. So, I mean, I, yeah, I must say, I loved it. It wasn't just animals, uh, but I thought that they were, the animal pics were, were particularly yes. uh, interesting. I, I mean, I think for a lot of people who are not in the sort of art world, you know, it's like, like a little bit woo-woo, the whole thing. You've got galleries, and you've got you've got to hang things, and it's like there's a space. Uh, can you take us a bit of uh, through it? Like, like, what do you have to do to put together an exhibition? Look, it's a hell of a process, you know. Um, the photographers all gave us all their photographs, and it's a matter of selecting the photographs according to the the actual theme of the exhibition, which was showing the diversity as well as the the commonalities between both countries. So the selection process was took quite a while but it, I mean for me that was the most enjoyable part of the of the show was going through those works, finding those images that were similar yet diverse and yet different. So then finding those images and placing them in the gallery space that would best display them. Right, right. No, absolutely, and it's, uh, that must have been quite an interesting process because I'm sure everyone has a different view on who's their favorite uh, picture. Well, you know, I, I work together with one of the photographers, Alexi Porto. It's Porto Cullis, Porto I think. Porto yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, we work really closely together as well as uh, Rene from the um, Photo ZA. She, was, she did the soft curation. We, we basically, what you do is we give, give her our selection and then she selects what she thinks are, are strong images, and you you go from there. And then it's about choosing the wall space for each for each of the displays. And by the way, if you have any questions uh, on the exhibition or you're a, you're a budding photographer, let us know three four five one nine. That's the SMS line. You can also WhatsApp, WhatsApp us on uh, at Chai FM. Email us on air at FM dot com. Uh, the WhatsApp you know, the WhatsApp sorry is uh, that's a Twitter uh, account. The WhatsApp is oh six one eight nine five one zero one nine. Oh six one eight nine five one zero one nine, and if you have Telegram, apparently that one uh, works as well. So um, basically, no excuse if you if you want to find out more about the photography. I, I mean, when I was at the uh, exhibition on on Thursday, what, what was really nice for me, you know, uh, it's, it was in Rosebank. It's kind of out there, out of the ghetto a little bit, uh, and and there was quite a, like a range of people who who pitch up. Uh, for these events, you know, absolutely. First of all, it 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 was a Thursday evening. It's first Thursday, so all the uh, galleries are open, mm. and uh, which was 
the interesting part about having the exhibition in Rosebank was that it was all inclusive. It was, you know, everybody was out there already looking at galleries, which made uh, this gallery also open to a wider public. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And 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 interest uh, people were interested. They were looking at the photographs. Absolutely. Look, it's it's seeing. It's seeing Israel not from a political light. It's, mm-hmm. it's seeing Israel as, as the beautiful country that it is, the same way as seeing South Africa. And it's the landscapes of both countries are equally as beautiful and equally as interesting. Well, I, mean, I said that to, to one of the reporters who I was chatting to, and I think it even came up in the ambassador's speech. Because, uh, uh, I mean, the, what was interesting is that it was quite a big collaboration, this project. You had Al Al, yes. uh, Embassy, South African Friends of Israel. Yes. Uh, you know, it, and they were all kind of involved with, with, with putting it together, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, but what I was saying, what I was saying was that, South Africa and Israel kind of suffer from the same piece of bad PR. You know, when I go exactly. to Israel, all the South Africans are like, well, why would you go to such a dangerous country? And when you get there, the Israelis are all like, well, why do you live in such a dangerous country? You know, and, and this, this kind of way of, of understanding both countries, you kind of, you don't, you, it's not that you don't see, you know, obviously that there's issues and whatever, but it's, it's the different, a different view of, of those spaces. Exactly. Exactly. And as I said, sometimes it does take a foreigner. Mm-hmm. To, to open your eyes to, to your own beauty, to the country of your, to, to the beauty of your own country. And I think that's what they've done. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to take a short break and we'll come back with chatting again to Lisa Peretz, uh, who's been putting up the Yala Yebo photo exhibition. The best part of your day. At the heart of your community. All the talk. All the music. All the news. Hi FM. 101.9 Hi FM. I'm Benji Shulman and this is the new Blue Review. Welcome back to the program good to be with you on this monday morning and we're talking art and culture uh today with lisa peretz she has been curating the yellow yebo uh photo exhibition lisa i love the name right uh it's kind of uh, fantastic i don't love know who the th- name love the name i don't know who thought of it no uh, but uh <laughs> i have all the, all the listeners should know that it was actually your brilliant idea uh no, kudos to you uh, that yeah, yeah the, the name was a complete. It was a disaster. Brilliant. If you have to listen and actually think about trying to sort it, but what what was cool was was you know yellow is actually not a Hebrew word, uh, and yebo is not an English word. No, uh, so so they were kind of both. Um, how do you say like slang? Both. Slang exactly right, and that was also part of it. Right, it was very relaxed. Exactly, um, it's, it's it's. I think I think what's what needs to be highlighted is that it's a. It's an Instagrammer exhibition. It's mm-hmm. it, it's a it's an exhibition where there there should be engagement. There's online engagement and engagement in the actual exhibition space as well. Well, that was when when the when the guys were going. They were the, the the idea, I guess, was that the photographers were talking to one another with the pictures because they were actually uploading them onto yes. Instagram when they were in the countries. Yes. Um. So that was pretty cool. I also saw that you guys. Uh, during the exhibition, you were handing out little like thumbs, and thumbs up, thumbs up. Yes, you could stick we, like likes. Yes. So, so that was that was the idea that people would be able to stick a thumbs up onto the image that they they liked, and uh, we are going to actually do a draw and at the end of the exhibition have a look at which image got the most thumbs up. And somebody will will be getting that image. So that is cool. If you want to own a great uh, sort of cutting edge image of Israel, uh, you should definitely go to the gallery. Yes, um, it's it's on for a, for a week. It's on until the eleventh of June. Eleventh of June. Okay, so that's Monday next week. Yes. Uh, and 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 where is it at? It's at Photo ZA, which is in the Rosebank Mall. It's entrance three on the roof. Okay, so if you go into the rooftop. 
parking. Yes. It's that that one that's kind of near the market. So that's really and, and it's not entrance fee or anything. No, you can just absolutely pop up. not. And, and it's worth the time. Take the time out. Go and have a coffee and check out the pieces. They're amazing. Yeah. So that, yeah, there we go. If you want to see some cool art, uh, something interesting, you can go to Photos ZA. Uh, you can put your thumbs up. Maybe you win the prize. Uh, it's it's all uh, very cool. And you can also actually, if you want to see some of the stuff before you go, the uh, hashtag Yalayebo. It's still living somewhere on Twitter, uh, so you can actually see them there as well. Yes. And, and on Instagram. And on Instagram. And you can see the other, like the photographer stuff when you can actually see all the other work and you can kind of get a sense. Because that was also interesting for me is how each of the photographers actually brought their own kind of personal that style. Was, that was very interesting. I mean, in actual fact, uh, Mick and Alexi, who are the, both the South African photographers who traveled to Israel, they were in the same place and the images are so very different. Which for me is very interesting that mm. uh, Mick, who's very, he's a documentary uh, filmmaker. His images were very different to Alexi, who's more of a still, a still, if yes. still photographer. And in fact, the Israelis as well were pretty interesting. Yes, uh, you know, there's and there's some pretty kind of I call them bizarre pictures, but but like there's this one picture, the the one photographer from Israel is clearly like a fat- fashion photographer, yes, a portrait Ella, photographer. Ella is, is primarily that's what she does. She's a fashion photographer, and that can be seen in her works. Yeah, she's got three beautiful images of. Uh, a gentleman in African garb uh, with this amazing South African background. They are incredible, incredible shots. Well, the one that really spoke to me was that she, she she's taken this picture of this woman in the middle of like town, breastfeeding. Amazing. Uh, and 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 it's and but it's like a stylistically shot. It was as if it was a, a fashion mag- magazine yes. kind of thing. Yes. And it's like this urban environment, and there's this just woman with and this baby. And she looks absolutely glamorous and beautiful doing what she's doing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, just, she has that ability to do that, Ella. She she really captures the beauty of 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 all the portraits of all the people that she she shoots. And, and the other Israeli guy was um, is is a more of a landscape guy. A lot of yes. people, yes. Uh, I think it was said like their favorite images were some. Of the ones of Johannesburg from the rooftops. He really and captured sort of Joburg CBD. He really did the hustle and the bustle of the city and the colours and the lights. Yeah, he he's he's very very talented. Yeah, it's absolutely absolutely fascinating uh, set of work, and I think very worthwhile. Uh, you guys, uh, the South African Friends of Israel, helped put it together. Are you intending to show it off elsewhere? Is it going to be a once-off thing? Look, we're looking at taking the exhibition to Cape Town and possibly doing it as a travelling exhibition in the schools. You know, we're looking into the possibilities, but it, it's an exhibition that I think it's a, it's it's a display that everybody needs to see. Not only uh, the Jewish audience, because the Jewish audience it will be interesting for them also seeing Israel in in a different light and seeing South Africa in a different light. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a fantastic initiative. So, uh, well done, Lisa, and uh, keep up the, the the good work. And hopefully, we get to see some more of this stuff. Uh, absolutely, time. absolutely. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, if you want to check out the work of uh, South African Friends of Israel and the South African Zionist Federation, you can check it out on their website. But definitely uh, do go and uh, you know go take. You can feel like feel arty. It's great. You can go as you say, have a cup of coffee. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of wine. I should have not drunk as much wine as I did uh, at the exhibition. Uh, and uh, you know, you can you can feel arty for a cause. Uh, it, it's good, and uh, a lot of people put some great work. Lisa, thanks so much, Thank and uh, we'll chat to you again uh, when you do your next exhibition. Thank 
Thanks so much. Lisa Peretz there. She is from the South African Zionist Federation putting on that remarkable Yalla Yebel uh, exhibition uh, now. In Rosebank, we're going to take a short break and a bit of music. When we come back, we'll be talking about interesting Jewish-Muslim dialogue happening in Israel. Stay relevant and up to date. This is 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM. Welcome back to the show. I am Benji Shulman. And, uh, yeah, this is the new Blue Review, talking current affairs and culture on your radio this morning. And if you want to be part of that conversation, please, by all means, SMS us, 34519. That's the SMS line. Uh, you can also WhatsApp us on 061-895-1019. That's uh, on the WhatsApp line, also Telegram. Uh, email us on airchaifem.com. Tweet us at Archive.m. And uh, these are all uh, valid and legitimate ways of chatting with us on the radio. Now, here's a bizarre thought. Uh, you know, everyone knows California, right? California, it's Hollywood and San Francisco and L.A. Uh, and it's all sort of beaches and people on vegan diets and all these sorts of West Coast um, stereotypes. But it seems as though... Uh, as part of this, there is an anti-Semite Nazi running as a Republican in the C- Californian Senate race. So if you're not sure what that means, basically in America, uh, each of the states, whether it's New York or Nebraska or California or Texas, uh, you get uh, someone who represents your area. So that's your congressman. Uh, and then each state gets two representatives who are the senators. And uh, there is a Senate race at the moment. And uh, the current incumbent, the person who's currently in charge, is actually a woman. Her name is Diane Feinstein. Uh, she is a Democratic Party candidate from California. And uh, she is running uh, as a senator in this race. Uh, but on the Republican side, the guy who sort of managed to get the most power, or the most uh, polls at least so far, has been a guy called Patrick Little. Uh, and apparently he has been the highest performing uh, Republican candidate in the race so far. And, it, you know, it's 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 sort of interesting because this guy Patrick Little sounds like he is a real piece of work, quite a, quite a disturbing uh, person. In fact, so much so that the local Republican Party has actually distanced themselves from him uh, so that they don't have to uh, say that he's a member of the Republican Party. Um, and and he's decided to run. He's calling himself the counter-Semitic candidate, not the anti-Semitic candidate. Can you believe that? Uh, and so far, he's managed to get 18% of the vote uh, versus Dianne Feinstein's uh, 39% of the vote in some polls so far. And... Uh, it is quite disturbing. This guy uh, believes that there's no evidence that uh, six million Jews were killed um, uh, in, in World War II. And Hitler ordered that Jews uh, be treated well, which I think is uh, quite disturbing. Uh, he's also had the endorsement of KKK leader David Duke, who uh, is a famous not only anti-Jewish, anti-Israel as well uh, person. And uh, it's... Uh, yeah, quite, uh, quite, quite a disturbing thought that um, uh, that that he is running. He said that President Trump has caved to the Jewish supremacists who control the the the, the country. Now, normally, 
you know, the thing about America is that anyone is basically allowed to run and do anything, and it's not normally such a uh, such a, a positive thing or, or such a problematic thing. Rather, you know, you get crazies who get into the political system, and then they get, kind of get chewed up and spat out, and you know, no one really cares. It's just one of those things. And America is a big democracy, um, and people run. What's happened now, though? is that in California, they have what's called a jungle primary system. And, and what happens there is that you have all the candidates from all the parties, uh, and they all kind of get thrown into one big uh, electoral pot. So you have a whole bunch of people who are vying for the Democratic ticket, uh, and then a whole bunch of people vying for the Republican ticket. But it doesn't matter which parties you're from. It's what happens is that people do an initial round of voting and the top two candidates, regardless of who they are, are then the people that go onto the final ballot for voting. Uh, so literally you could have uh, two Democrats uh, or two Republicans or two independents or, or one or, or the other, but it doesn't matter. As long as the two highest people uh, get in, then uh, then then that's those are the two people who end up being in the runoff. Works a little bit similarly uh, in the French system. And so what's happened is Dianne Feinstein has picked up all the Democratic votes and or pretty much all of them. Uh, and so there's a lot of other smaller Democratic people who are running, but she's kind of picked up the whole bunch. Uh, and then she's way ahead. And then underneath, there hasn't been anybody else except for this guy, uh, Patrick Little. So what the problem is, is that this guy might become the de facto opposition uh, to the the person on the Senate ballot. So even though he's probably still not going to win, even if that happens, uh, he's, he's going to get a lot of publicity for being, you know, the official opposition candidate in the Senate race. So that is a little bit disturbing. A lot of people uh, are, are pushing very hard to make sure that, that he doesn't uh, get in. And uh, so we'll have to see. I think it's still on Tuesday uh, or, or later where, where we will find out. But it's just interesting to see what is going on in America at the moment uh, with some of these electoral politics and, and how they might be affecting uh, Jews. I don't know if you saw on the weekend interesting story about a South African Jewish guy uh, in the Jewish Report who's actually running for Congress seat on the other side of the country on the East Coast. Uh, so, you know, American politics never boring uh, at the moment. And uh, this is something uh, that I guess we will have to uh, continue to watch. Uh, I'm going to take a, a short break and some more music. And we come back, uh, I'm talking about uh, Jewish and Muslim dialogue and, and where it's going wrong. A frequency like no other. 101.9 High FM. Indeed, it is 101.9 High FM. I'm Benji Shulman, and this is the New Blue Review. Hope you're doing well on this Monday morning and, uh, you know, just, just being well and being good out there as we discuss some of the issues that are already affecting uh, our community and the world at the moment. I just came across this story uh, today a couple of weeks ago, and I just thought I have to talk about it. It's a fascinating Fascinating story uh, and something which, you know, I think also uh, talks to us in South Africa about how you get dialogue going uh, in, in, in general uh, in, in, in the world and some of the problems that have uh, been associated by it. Uh, it's an article from theatlantic.com. If you know The Atlantic, it's a big uh, American uh, sort of current affairs magazine. And <clears throat> excuse me. And, uh, and, and they are, uh, uh, they, they just cover all sorts of things. Oftentimes, a, a lot of Jewish stuff, uh, but just general 
general current affairs uh, uh, issues that, 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 that they're talking about. And they carried an, an interesting article, which I'd encourage everyone to go read, called I Talked to Zionists, and then I was disinvited by a major Muslim group. And the story is written by a guy called Wajahat Ali, uh, who is a Muslim uh, theologian and speaker. And uh, he, he, he's written this article about how he was disinvited from the 55th Annual Conference of the Islamic Society of North America, which proclaims itself to be one of the leading American Muslim organizations. And what was the problem? Why was he uh, disinvited? Um, so it, it turns out that uh, the big issue was that he was part of an initiative called the Muslim Leadership uh, Initiative which is run by something called the Shalom Hartman Institute in Jerusalem. And what they do is they bring, particularly from America, uh, Muslim and Jewish uh, thinkers uh, and, and, and writers to, to Jerusalem where they discuss all things about Zionism, about Israel, about Jews, uh, about Islamic society, about Muslims. And they and they and they you know uh, they they basically talk about it uh, and and understand it. Now, what was interesting for me is that the initiative is actually not r- run by some secular person who you, you know who who doesn't have a background in this. It's run by a guy called uh, Yossi Klein Halevi, who, if you know him, will uh, is is famous for having written books like uh, like Dreamers, for example, which is basically a Zionist book about the the three paratroopers who. Uh, in that famous picture in in 1967, who came into Jerusalem and, and he wrote a book about them and and, and what happened to them uh, after that. So so he kind of runs this institute, and it's not you know for 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 people to sit down and be all kumbaya. If you read what some of the people say about it, uh, it's very a challenging space, and people go and they. They argue about stuff and, and, and really I don't think anyone necessarily even changes their mind, but they have, have the engagement. And, and as part of that, this, this guy, this, uh, Wahajat Ali wrote a book called A Muslim Among the Settlers. And what this guy did after he had been to the Muslim Leadership Initiative in, in Jerusalem, uh, he decided to go on a trip through Israel. And he particularly decided to go into the territories, West Bank, Judea, Sumeria, and actually go and talk to different settlers, not just people who are sort of in in Israel proper, but, you know, the the guys who are uh, out there uh, right next to the Palestinian communities, etc., and and he's written this piece, which I should also suggest you you go and read. It's called "A Muslim Among the Settlers," and he literally goes and he talks to the communities in Hebron. Uh, he talks to communities in Alon Shfut. Uh, he goes to Ramallah. He goes all over the place and has this discussion and mostly arguments uh, with with these people. And and it's not like nice, right? He's not uh, it's not some Muslim guy who suddenly believes in. Uh, in the settler enterprise, he, he's critical, and he but he wrote this piece, and because he wrote a critical piece about uh, about settlers, uh, that he's now been disinvited from this Muslim uh, engagement, which I think is quite crazy. And he points out some very interesting things about uh, about why they disinvited him. So he got a one page letter, and the program committee chair wrote that. Our Muslim speakers are expected to support broadly our values, including our community support for the Palestinian people of all faith and traditions in their struggle against occupation and uh, dispossession. And he said it's kind of interesting um, 
where he he has kind of spoken about this uh, and he said you know it, it, it's interesting that you know they say that it's the, the Palestinians are are a diverse tradition uh, but but he does they don't mention any kind of other uh, issue in the Muslim world, Syria, uh, Rohingya Muslims who are being killed in uh, Myanmar, um, doesn't talk about Kashmir, which is a big issue in the Muslim community, or the plight of the Yurgas in China, which who are being oppressed by the Chinese government. And he said, so since when has uh, the issue of Palestine become a religious issue, uh, you know, especially if the Palestinians are uh, are a multi-faith group and uh, it's just interesting what he actually sort of writes uh, about it and he's quite humorous uh, he, he a whole bunch of uh, of other stuff that he writes so i would encourage you to go uh, read uh, read his um read his article uh, and and sort of understand what's going on because i think that voices like this are very powerful you know uh howard actually i heard him on the radio this morning when he was talking uh, about uh, talking to people who we disagree with and this guy's pushed it to the ultimate limit so uh, go have a look it's on the atlantic it's called i talked to zionists and then i was disinvited by a major muslim group uh worth worth reading and worth understanding what is going on in the Muslim community in America. Uh, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, I'm going to be letting you know about an interesting new uh, project which is coming up uh, this week that you can be part of. Connecting our community. Choose life. Choose high. The 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM. Uh, thank you for joining us on the new Blue Review this morning. Now, I've got a very long message here. Uh, I'm just trying to see who it's from. I'm scrolling down at the moment. Um, sorry, I didn't see. Oh, it's from Ronnie. Uh, and has asked me to uh, to talk about uh, talk about the issue of Paula Slear's article in the Jewish Report this, this weekend. Now, uh, Ronnie, I'm sorry. I didn't actually... Uh, I, I think I did read the article, but I didn't particularly uh, remember it. But it did seem to have something to do uh, with Israel's, uh, you know, defending the border in terms of Gaza. Uh, and according to to Ronnie, gives the impression that it's okay and quite understandable for Israel's neighbors and enemies to attack Israel purposely for damaging the border fence and border walls, uh, and for the sole purpose of of uh, entering Israel uh, and destroying and killing Jewish civilians. Um, so, so Iran, you'll forgive me if I didn't don't read out your whole uh, message. It's very long. Uh, so, thank you for taking uh, taking the time to actually to actually write about it. And and I, and I did also actually hear in Howard's show uh, a little bit before. Uh, I think I don't know if it was you or somebody else who actually brought up this issue of Paula Slayer. And I think what Howard was saying, and I think it's very interesting, is to say that you know we we don't have to assume that Paula Slayer. Uh, is 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 anti-Israel just because she has a different view? She lives in the country. Uh, bear in mind that she left South Africa because the SABC threw her out of the uh, out of its uh, organization for being Jewish, right? Uh, and uh, she was a Jewish reporter who was reporting at the SABC, uh, and she was thrown out for being Jewish because she covered the the funeral of Yasser Arafat. Uh, he died, and she went and covered the funeral, and they said there's no way that some Jewish Zionist is going to actually cover this on our behalf. And, uh, and, and actually, you know, and that's how she ended up actually reporting 
in, in Israel. And I see that she's actually coming out for uh, Limud later on this year. She's giving, giving a number of talks. And I would actually encourage that people go uh, and talk uh, and, 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 and push her and say, look, you know, this is what you said. Uh, this is what you, you, you've, um, said. And, uh, I disagree with you because I do think that, uh, you know, she's not necessarily opposed to Israel, but, but she may have some very problematic uh, views, which she can be challenged on. And I see here that Ronnie has actually given some key facts talking about the, the declaration of Israel uh, in 1948 by the United Nations that Israel has been under constant attack by its neighboring countries who refuse to recognize the rightfulness of, um, of, of Israel's right to exist as well as a number of other facts. And the reason that I'm actually talking about this is that if you really want to be able to push people like Paulus Lear or indeed anyone out on the Twitter sphere or on Facebook or in, in the radio shows, you've got to be really prepared to invest in the facts and, and really understand what you're talking about. Uh, like Ronnie seems to do, um, you know, really have to know what it is that you're going on about. And to do that, you've got to be educated. And that's why I really thought that there's an interesting uh, example of something that's coming up this very week where you can actually do that, where you can really educate yourself and really understand what's going on. It's called the Israeli-Arab Conflict, Debunking Defamations, Defending Israel. And it's a panel discussion with two expert guest speakers. The one guy's name is Ben Droyamini. Uh, and the other guy's name is Rabbi Carlos Tepirio. Uh, and it's happening this Thursday on the 7th of June at 8 o'clock at the Abe Abramson Auditorium. That's in Biyachad. And and the two speakers are, are, are really interesting. The one guy is called Ben Droyamini. He's a researcher and speaker and senior journalist with the Hebrew daily Yedot Aranot. And uh, Yemeni was actually a peace activist for many years and argues that anti-Israel propaganda is becoming a real threat to free thought and to freedom of speech and is one of the biggest obstacles to reconciliation and peace. Whilst uh, Rabbi Carlos Taperio is a deputy director general of education at Maccabi World Union and he's at the forefront of battle against the BDS movement and is passionate about education and its practical implementation. So if you really want to be able to have the discussion, to fight with Paul Slayer, to, you know, really argue with all the trolls out there on social media, and we do need more people, you know, we need more people in the community to stand up and be counted. And I heard actually uh, a panel the other night uh, for Shavuot where people were saying, look, I'm not educated and I don't know and, and how can I have this fight? Well, here's your opportunity. Come along Thursday the seventh of June uh, and and come have a, a, a come find out be informed it's at eight o'clock it's at Biyachad it's not far away and, and I really think that as a community we've got to get more educated about this so that we can have this debate more intelligently and, and sort of beat our enemies so oh one one six four five two five one zero if you want to RSVP very important that you do uh, Ronnie I hope I'm going to be seeing you there uh, at this event and I hope I'm going to be seeing uh, everybody else because we've got to be educated as this community uh, it is a key it is a key thing so yeah that's it pretty much brings us to the end of the show for today thank you so much for being with me thank you to Mandy who does our production Craig who pushes all the big red buttons and all the other people who make up all the great uh, players at this uh, incredible radio station that we're at and thank you to you dear listener for listening in and please listen again next week on the new Blue Review <laughs>